This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. One of the best tools for business success is being able to control your narrative. And what better way to do that than writing your own book? Chandler Bolt, author and CEO of Self-Publishing School and Self-Publishing.com, is on the line with me today to share how instrumental writing books can be in sharing your message and even growing and scaling your business. Yeah, Christine, thanks for having me. Um, so, I, you know, I'm kind of an unlikely uh, person in this industry. I'm a C-level English student and a college dropout with ADHD. Um, so kind of the least, per, uh, the least likely person to write books. But really, when I dropped out of school, I fell in love with books because I realized you know, I dropped out of school, but I operate to start a business, uh, but, but realized that I needed to keep learning as if I was still in school, but just change the way that I was learning. Mm. So instead of textbooks or classroom, I'm going through online courses and reading books. Um, and so books changed my life. Um, I'm a firm believer now that books change lives. They change the lives of readers and they change the lives of authors. And so I've kind of seen that first, firsthand on both ends um, as a reader and then, and then eventually becoming an author um, I've seen books change my life and and kind of uh, in both ways. And so that's really a big part of what sparked, um, had some success with books. That's what sparked me creating self-publishing school. And then fast forward to today, we've um, published about 6,000 books in the last seven years. So a lot of books published and a lot of, a lot of books to come. Awesome. So exciting to hear that. And I find it so funny that you mentioned, you know, you're the last person to, like on paper, be uh, writing books, right? But at the same time, that almost seems kind of perfect as well. Uh, and you are the author of uh, Published, which is The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. I mean, what sparked you to start writing a book in the first place when you, on paper, were the least likely person to start writing a book? Yeah, so maybe maybe people listening have felt this way as, as well. But I think I just I just felt like it started as there was these things that I felt like I learned that I wanted to share with other people, and I felt like the people around me needed to know them. And, right. Um, and so that's what sparked the first book or two um, was just that deep desire to. It, it, I think maybe what made it a little bit easier is it didn't start as this grandiose book. Yes. It started as oh, I'm going to create a PDF, and that's going to be for my friends who need help starting mm. a business. And then I'm going to do, I'm going to create content around that specifically. And then that just snowballed into a, a full length book. And then I saw the power of books and then people started asking me, Hey, how are you doing that? And then that led to um, self-publishing school and then multiple books and then fast forward to today. And that's where it's kind of the, my newest book published. That was kind of the culmination of a lot of the things that we were teaching people. And I said, all right, there's some people that can't afford to work with us. How, how can I make it to where they can pick up this book and get a 10,000 foot view and then implement a lot of that with their books? Mm. So instead of thinking about it as I'm going to be an author and I'm going to write this book all about whatever, whatever, whatever. It's more just you want to have a resource that is accessible and available for people, uh, you know, that might help them in whatever goals they may have. Right. Based off of your experiences. Exactly. Exactly. And I think um, for any content creators or even if you're not a content creator, if if you're maybe a business owner, but you want you want something that's like, I call it leveraged impact, right? A book allows you, you do work once, you crystallize your knowledge into a book, and then that book can go on to impact thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people, mm -hmm. right? So long after you're off this earth, that book's still there. Yeah. And, and it's a thing that you can point to, and it's a thing that can bring leverage to the impact that you're trying to create. And so that's kind of how I looked at it. And then how I look at it today is, is, 
um, you crystallize this into um, a book and then that book goes on to to, to do a lot of big things. Mm, it's like multi-purpose, right? Like, yes, it's a resource for other people, hopefully to learn from whatever you're putting into the book, but also it's sort of leaving behind your legacy as well and that mm-hmm. capturing that moment in time, you know, of where you were and what you were going through um, at that time that you were writing this book. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that this is uh, interesting for businesses to consider, right? So uh, on a very practical level, how could writing a book help in growing a business? Yeah. Um, they say the root, you know, uh, the, the root word of authority is author. You can't spell the word authority without the word author, right? So you become an authority in your field and in your, in, in your area of expertise by writing a book. But then super practically, I like to use a book to get more leads, sales, and referrals. Mm-hmm. And so leads, these are people who hear about you because of your book, right? So take my book published, for example. A lot of people see this book, they buy this book on Amazon, or I'll give it, to, I'll give it away for free. Um, and they've never heard about self-publishing school until they read that book. So these are new people who come into your world because of your book. Then you've got more sales because of the book. So I look at that as, okay, who are the people who, are already, who already know about you, who decide to do business with you because of your book? So putting that book into, um, to turn kind of, you know, maybe traffic into subscribers, subscribers into um, paying customers or an appointment or like whatever your sales funnel looks like, integrating that into that funnel uh, and then thirdly, uh, referrals. So turning customers into active referrers. And, and you know, a lot of people say, say the book is a, new, a book is a new business card. I think a book is better than a business card because if you give someone a business card, they're probably going to throw it away um, within 24 hours. <laughs> um, this is sad truth, right? Um, but if you give them a book, they're going to keep it. And then every time they see that book, they think of you. And so really practically, I recommend giving two copies of your book to every new customer or every existing customer, or depending on kind of your, your, the size of your average order value and all that stuff, you might even give it to every new prospect. But what ends up happening is you say, hey, here's one book for you. Here's one book for someone you know who needs help with, insert the thing that you saw, right? So for me, here's one book for you. Here's one book for you, uh, for someone you know who needs help writing a book, mm. right? And so now all of a sudden you turn your customers into active referrers. They would never hand out your business card, but they would hand out your book because it's something of inherent value that will truly help the person that they're giving it to. Right. Interesting. So in that sense, in a way, a book is the best sort of like marketing material because it literally tells your story for you, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And and better, it tells, tells the story for you better than you can in a crystallized way at scale mm. um, and in a way that builds authority. Mm, okay. So I think one of the interesting things uh, I want to touch on, though, is sort of the uh, the obstacles that goes into this, right? Because we're looking at this, you know, for, as a tool, but it is still a book. It is still the process of writing a book. And I think a lot of people listening might be like, I, I don't know where to even start <laughs> with yeah. writing a book. For, from my personal perspective, um, hilariously, in uh, almost direct contrast to you, <laughs> my entire education has revolved around books. Uh, I was an English literature graduate, for example, and I I have no idea where to even start in writing a book yeah. in the first place. And, uh, you know, to me as well, it's like, well, what about my, like, what actual knowledge would I have that would be useful to put into a whole mm. book, you know? So mm. I think maybe let's start there, right? Uh, if someone, an individual or a business, is thinking about writing a book for whatever purposes that you know uh, that may suit their means, where do they even start? How do they even decide on what to focus the book on? Yeah. So 
Yeah, you touched on really a couple of things there. I mean, I think there's there's first, so I want to answer the big picture question mm-hmm. and then the very specific sure. question. So the big picture that I think a lot of, for a lot of people, there's this dichotomy in, in a sense, because I think writing a book is very intimidating. Either you're like, hey, I don't know, I don't have that much to say, and therefore, how in the world would I write a book? Or, or maybe more like you, where it's like, oh man, I feel like I've got a lot of education and I've seen a lot of books and, and the bar is so freaking high. There's a lot it's of like, books, but a lot of I, stuff. How would I ever write a book that that's, that's that good, right? Mm. So I think um, a big thing that helps me is you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching, right? And I think the best books, and for me personally, the best people to learn from are the people who are two steps ahead of me um, because they, it's so recent that they know exa- they're like, it was, it was recent. So they say, oh yeah, do this, do this, don't do that. I remember, they remember what it was like. But when we read books from someone who's 20 steps mm-hmm. ahead of us, not only is it not approachable, but it's not helpful. Um, and so I think that can be encouraging for people who are thinking about writing a book who maybe feel like, oh, I'm not this person that's like 30 steps ahead of everyone. Well, that's great. Um, that means you'll write a better book. Um, and then to, to more specifically answer the question on how do you figure out what to write about, um, I there's I call this the idea finder. It's just a few questions to ask. So, um, what, what what do you do for work? Either in your job or in your business. Chances are you have years or maybe even decades of experience on that thing, and there's some things that you learn the hard way. Or what are the broken record conversations that you keep having with people over and over and over again in your life or in your business? Right? Chances are the best way to stop talking about that is to write a book on it and then point to that thing. Um, and then there's other things like, what are you passionate about? What do people come to you for advice on? Like things like that to kind of spark some ideas. But then once you have an idea, this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the things that I recommend is take a blank sheet of paper, draw a circle in the middle of the page, write your rough idea in the middle of that page, put a timer on for 15 minutes and write out everything that you can think of on that topic. And anyone listening to this, I recommend that you do that right after you, you're finished listening to this. And you'll be amazed at how much stuff starts to jump off the page. Um, and that's when you start to believe that it's possible. Mm, really interesting. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to ask about is presumably, right, a business, for example, is going to write about, let's say, you know, how they've run the business or the experience with that. But there are already quite a lot of books out there. And I think one of the biggest things that business owners want to try to avoid, if possible, is entering an oversaturated market. And this goes for the content that they're putting out as well, right? So how do you feel or how do you avoid feeling like you're just a drop of water in the ocean at that point? Mm, mm, that's a great question. Um, I think you, you be more specific. Uh, and, and I think you need to clearly define, I, talk, I call this the four Ps of, of a best-selling book. Um, it's person, pain, promise, and price, right? Now, the price part's easy for this because, you know, there's kind of standard pricing, but person, pain, promise. So who's the person that you're writing to? And not just an avatar, but someone that you know who needs help with that thing, right? And then what's the pain that they have that they know that they have? And then what's the promise that you can make through this book? And, and then to your point, Christine, is that promise compelling and unique, and specific and as specific as possible. And when in doubt, be more specific, right? And, and so, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of this um, with, with one of our students. I think it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was six minute fitness uh, over 60 or something like that for women. Um, and so it was like, okay, short workouts for women over 60. 
right? And so if you think about it, it that person could have just written a exercise book. Yeah. Generic drop in the ocean, um, to use your term, right? Um, but instead, they said, how can I make this as specific as possible? And often that's counterintuitive. You think, oh, man, I'm going to limit so many people. I, I, I'm going to limit the audience. But you actually will reach a bigger audience because you're speaking specifically to that audience. It's really funny because the moment that you mentioned that, I was like, I'm not over 60, but I could use yes. some advice on six-minute fitness you know, uh, yeah. workouts that are not too difficult because I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Uh, totally. But you know, that's yeah. exactly right. And I think it's the same approach to any sort of product development or any sort of uh, business idea in general, right? Where it's like, hey... You're not just we, we've moved past the age of just thinking about what's my target demographic? What's the vague idea of the person that I'm selling to that whole thing about you're selling to an actual whole personality, a whole individual that you can picture very clearly in your mind. Someone you've talked to, someone you've interacted with, you know, or, or you know, someone very specific, like in this case, maybe it's like their grandparents or whatever, like um, and you have that in your mind so clearly and you would be surprised as to how many more people identify with not that maybe specific personality type, but enough factors within that that they'll find your book or your product useful, right? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, it's time to take a short break for some messages. But after that, I will continue speaking to Chandler Bolt all about the power of self-publishing. You're listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. Brave Finance Managers. BFM. 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and joining me online today is Chandler Balt, the founder and CEO of Self-Publishing School and selfpublishing.com. He's also obviously an author as well, since the passion is all about self-publishing as well as an investor. Also, very casually, Forbes 30 under 30 as well. Just thought to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> and before the break, we were talking about why businesses should even be interested in writing a book or self-publishing at all. And it turns out it's a very good marketing tool and could actually help increase your sales and your referrals and all that good jazz. So uh, now I do want to ask a couple of questions. You know, we talk a little bit about this sort of dichotomy and the I think writing a book is almost more a mental battle than it is the actual physical battle. Um, and I think the elephant in the room is what if you just think you're not that good at writing? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of a lot of people feel that way and, and, and think that they are. Uh, that they're not good. And then, and that's the way I felt. I, not only was I not good at it, but I didn't like it. Hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, if, if this is where I go back to, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching. And right. if you believe in the message of what you're writing about, um, and it's something that you're passionate about, and it's something that you feel like is, okay, I've, I've got experience here. I can add value to this person. Um, I might not be an amazing writer, but I'm going to write it to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to hire a really great editor to work with me to make that book better. And so that has always been a, my approach is how do I make sure the core content is very, very good. And then how do I, um, and, and even so that, so even though it may not be written um, amazingly on the first go, which by the way, it's called a rough draft for a reason, right? Uh, but, but how do I make sure the core content is really solid so that I can then partner with an editor to make that draft much better. And so that they, then, then you can combine powerful content with a good delivery. Absolutely. And another question is, you know, like, yes, you know, in theory, the book uh, can bring in like the sales and the leads and the referrals and stuff. But how do you, you know, if you're at all concerned about, well, but actually, you know, I got to 
put in so much of my time and my resources into this, and I'm not sure, like 100% sure that this is going to give anything back to me, right? How do you sort of like answer that numbers question of like, what's the ROI, quote unquote, on like something like this? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it, it's tough, but I, th- I think it is infinite. <laughs> I, and and uh, I know that's a really lame answer, but um, I, <laughs> I look at, uh, first off, I look at, I look as a business owner, lead sales and referrals, right? right? So, so how, like, how is this going to help me get more lead sales and referrals? And what is an average customer worth to me? Okay, then I, this is a marketing tool yes. and it's a customer acquisition tool. Mm-hmm. And so I look at it very specifically to that. But then there's all the intangibles, right? There's passive income long-term, which is, okay, you're not going to get rich um, from publishing the book, but it is kind of cool to say, hey, three years from now, a random month, I might have a hundred bucks a month showing up on royalties from this book, right? So that, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting and cool, but then there's, there's just, it's, I always look at it as like, um, a book is kind of like this key that opens the door to Narnia, mm-hmm. right? Chronicles of Narnia yep. style. It's, there's all of these opportunities um, that only exists for published authors that a book opens that door. Right. And so that's where there's the tangible, there's the intangible, and then there's the the kind of the opportunities that open up from publishing the book. Mm-hmm. And also as a business owner yourself, I'm sure that you know that running a business takes up a lot of time. What would you say oh, to gosh, people yes. who are just like, what do you mean write a book? I'm way too busy to write a book. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone can say this, and I think they do say this often. I think the two biggest uh, excuses I get um, or or that we hear at self-publishing school is uh, I don't have time or Mm -hmm. the timing isn't right. Mm -hmm. I think people think there's going to be this magical time where they've got no job, no kids, no responsibilities, and that's when they're going to write their book. Um, And the sad reality is it's never going to happen. And so uh, you're going to have to get started before you're ready. There's never going to be a perfect time. And I look at it, it's kind of like, you know, whether it's losing weight or whether it's anything else that, that, that requires a short-term sacrifice is that you're, you're, there's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term asset. Mm-hmm. So you were taking that 90 days, six months, one year, and, and you're sacrificing a lot in that time period, but then you now have a book for the rest of your life that will continue to grow your impact, your income and your business if you have one. Mm. And right. So, th- so that's how I look at it. And then just to be very, very tangible, that's exactly what I did. Um, my new book published, um, it, you know, I was, I, I went from blank page to published in 105 days, um, running a company with 30 plus employees, eight figure a year company. This was right about the time that I got Forbes 30 under 30, like we're scaling, we're growing, all this stuff. And I did it to show people that it was possible at the highest level um, while running a, a successful company. Amazing. Okay, so let's say, you know, people, they listen to this, they're like, I really want to get started writing a book and they put together their first drafts. And You, know, you mentioned earlier hiring an editor, right? Um, and, 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 and that whole process of you do kind of need mm-hmm. to have maybe at least like a sort of beta test reader or something like that yeah. uh, just to make sure that, you know, this is something that is uh, legible, you know, for people. So what, uh, I guess, kind of resources, um, if you have any, could you share of like, you know, how do you find a good editor or the right editor for you? How do you, f- and then moving on from that as well, uh, self-publishing. I mean, what, how, yeah. how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of, uh, there's, there's three things that you, you need to pay good money for, a yeah. good cover designer, a good editor, and a good formatter. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, this can cost tens of thousands of dollars. If you do know what you're doing, um, this can cost a few hundred bucks, a few thousand bucks, 
right? And so you, the, you need those three things. Now, although they're very different in function, they're very similar in the way that you find them. And so you can either find them through uh, referrals um, or through um, uh, like networks, right? And, or so like freelance sites or that sort of thing. So there's either marketplace, that marketplace, that's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the fun thing about writing new books is you forget the frameworks that you create um, in those books. Um, So you got marketplaces and you've got referrals, right? So so marketplaces, you can go to Upwork and, and I've got, in, in my new book, I've got a bunch of templates for like, hey, here's a hiring template for an editor. Here's a hiring template for a cover designer, all those things. Right? Or you can go to referral route, which is either an author that you, that you know or respect their work and try and find out who they used. Um, for us, our students kind of recommend each other people. Um, and then we have a bunch of people that we recommend and um, we now do cover design and formatting in-house for people and all that stuff. So that's kind of the big picture. And then the thing that I would say really on the editor, I think an editor is a really important piece of that. Um, and there's two types of editors. There's content editors and there's copy editors. Um, content um, is, is, is really what you're saying. Copy is how you're saying it. Yes. Um, just as, kind of oversimplifying. Um, but, but just so, so, you need those two types. And oftentimes, I mean, the same person can do both types of editing yeah. oftentimes if they're good, um, but you need that. And that's going to help you. It's going to make it a much better book. Mm. So self-publishing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. first of all, how does that even work? Uh, and also I think my kind of follow up on that is when you self-publish, is there a risk that that takes away possibly some sort of like credibility that you would Prestige. have if you were associated yeah, but like you know, yeah, you would have yeah. credibility. I think a bit more if you were associated with like a existing publisher or whatever, right? So, I guess uh, how does self publishing work, and also yep. fighting the stigma, I suppose, of self publishing. Oh, no doubt. You know, it used to be that self publishing was the backup plan. Mm. It was like the thing that you only did if you couldn't get a publishing deal. Um, but really, over the last couple of decades, self publishing has shifted from the backup plan to the preferred option for most authors. Right. And because it used to be the only way that you sold books was to get, was to get into bookstores. Yeah. Right. The only way that you got into bookstores was you had to have a publisher. The only way to have a publisher was to have an agent and, and, and there's all these gatekeepers and roadblocks. Mm. Well, now it's kind of a crazy stat, but um, I want to say it's something like 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and so Amazon and other online book retailers um, are where books are selling and you don't need a publisher to publish on those sites. And guess what? The end reader has no idea. Um, if your book is self-published or traditionally published. And so um, that, as a result of that, now I have kind of one core principle, which is your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. Mm-hmm. You need to professionally publish that book if you're self-publishing it. And then if the reader can't tell the difference, amazing. Um, that, that means you've published a quality book and that's how it should be. Um, but, but because of all those things, you know, 90, for 99.9% of authors, it makes more sense to self-publish the only time it makes sense to traditionally publish is if you got a massive audience and you can get a big advance. Mm. Uh, and so then sometimes it makes sense. Um, but even still, sometimes in those cases, it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. All right. Well, I mean, it's time for us to wrap up uh, the show. But before we go, I do understand that you have uh, a link for our listeners if they want to learn more about self-publishing and also your own journey as well f- uh, with that. Uh, they can actually get your book essentially right yeah um so i'd love to give uh, away some free copies of my new book published um so you can fr- get a free digital copy 
um, or um, yeah, digital ebook, PDF type copy. So all you have to do is go to published book, like I published a book. So publishedbook.com forward slash Christine. Um, that's publishedbook.com forward slash Christine. Um, and uh, as an international crew, um, so we want to hook you up with the digital version um, of this book. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd love to give, give you a free copy so you can read it and use it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to people being able to read the book and then hopefully getting started writing as well. But thank you so much, Chandler, for speaking to me today all about self-publishing. Christine, thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking to Chandler Bolt, author and CEO of Self Publishing School and SelfPublishing.com on Razor Game Today. If you've missed any of today's conversation, you can go ahead and download our podcast. And our podcast is available on our app, which is on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And it's also at bfm.my where you can listen to and download the podcast as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.